Welcome, welcome to Big Crone Energy Podcast. This is Karina Blackheart from The Crone Herself, and I am your host today, as always. Today we're going to talk about big crone energy, what it is. We're going to talk about bigness and the demand that that may sound like it requires of you. We're going to talk about big responsibility, an amazing adventure that I am taking in May to the temples of Malta and the Greek islands and Athens. And I also want to talk to you about priestessing, oracles, being an oracle, visiting the oracles, and how that shows up in my work as the crone herself. Lots to talk about. Let's get to it. Big crone energy is energy. It's not limited to women who are postmenopausal. It's available to anyone because it's energy. Big crone energy is an attitude. It's a way of being. It's responsibility toward ourselves. It's knowing ourselves at our deepest, most vulnerable, and most powerful places. This kind of bigness can feel challenging. It can feel exhausting, demanding. It might feel scary to some people to contemplate running big crone energy. It might feel like just too much. But I want to say that big crone energy is also about rest. It's about inner awareness and inner capacity. It's about recognizing where our energy stores are, where they get depleted, and where they get recalibrated, and where they get filled. Self-love and self-responsibility are the core of big crone energy. It's our responsibility to notice what we need, where our energy is leaking or gets diminished, what refills us and replenishes us. When we know ourselves really well and honor our needs, then we can begin to plan ahead for rest and renewal and rejuvenation rather than waiting until our bodies or our minds shut down put us in bed, sit us in front of Netflix for hours and hours at a time. One of my mentors calls this when the workers go on strike. If we don't treat our worker, which is ourself, well, eventually they're going to go on strike. So I'm speaking from like really personal experience. My workers went on strike this week. I hit a wall. I had to get up on Friday, edit a podcast. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I could not make myself open the computer. So I rested. And I looked at my computer sitting on my desk waiting for me to sit down at it. And I just said, no, no. And I went in my bedroom and I opened up a can of paint that's been waiting for me to paint the room with for many weeks. And I did that instead. And Saturday, I woke up and I looked at the computer and I said, not today, not today. And again, I spent the whole day painting my bedroom. So now there is a, a beautiful space for me to actually rest. But I waited too long. I waited until I was burnt out. I waited until I was making mistakes. I waited until I was feeling resentful 
about the work that I do, which is what I'm built to do, right? I don't want to resent talking to you or writing to you or teaching you or doing mentorship with you. I want to be there 100% for you. But I can't if I'm fried and my energy is down. I can't deliver what I'm here to deliver to the world. My workers went on strike. Now, painting a room is not easy work, right? But it's different kind of energy. It's movement. It's color. I tune into the sound of the brush against the wall, the sound of the roller moving up and down, and watching this thing that I could start on Friday and finish on Saturday night and be like, look, it's done. It's beautiful. And that's exactly what my workers, what my body, my mind, and my spirit needed. Not for nothing, it's been Mercury retrograde. Thursday was the eclipse, and Friday, Mercury went retrograde, so it's been also a rough couple of astrological days. And I foolishly believed that that kind of energy wouldn't impact me, right? Who's wide open all the time, to astrological energy, seasonal energy, the shifting energy of light in a room, and of course, to other people's energy, and what's happening in the larger world that I'm constantly have one of my psychic fingers on the pulse of the world, right? What's happening in the news. And it's been a big, long, difficult week. So my exhaustion, perhaps, wasn't just about my workload but was about eclipses, Mercury retrograde, the sun moving from Aries to Taurus, and the continuous diet of really scary news happening in the United States. So all of that brought me to a place where I had to back off and get some rest and do something different and shut down parts of my brain that I was pushing too hard. So I'm giving you an example of not planning ahead. Had I not already been in over my head with my workload, I would have planned ahead for that eclipse. I would have planned ahead for Mercury retrograde. We can't really plan ahead for what's happening in the news, but I usually do know in advance what's coming. As an oracle, I understand what's coming from looking at what's here now, reading the energies reading the the ethers. So what are the signs, symptoms of you beginning to burn out? When do you know that you are reaching your limit? I'm not asking really a rhetorical question. I'm asking you to notice. Think about this after you listen to the podcast. I'm asking you to notice what are the symptoms? How do you know that you are reaching your limit? And can you put that somewhere in your consciousness so that when those signposts start arriving, that you can plan ahead to get the rest, get the replenishment, get the nourishment, get the downtime, change your schedule, take time off, schedule in a nap, go out for a meal instead of cooking, whatever it is that replenishes you call a friend, go to your circle, take longer walks. What is it for you that refills you when you're empty? And can we make a commitment to make sure that we're full before we get completely 
empty. One of the mantras that I repeat to myself, to my kids, to my friends, to my students, to my clients, is that we can't pour from an empty cup. If there's nothing in there, we, we have nothing left to give. And that includes our businesses, our families, but mostly it includes ourselves. One of the ways that I refill is to just leave. I just leave my house, which is where I have a family and a dog and chickens and a garden and a funky old house that I'm constantly renovating one tiny thing at a time. And my business is here. Everything that demands something from me is in my home. So one of the ways that I try to, to cut burnout off at the pass is to plan time away from home into my yearly schedule. That was impossible during the pandemic, right? Nobody was leaving home. And now that we're in this, I don't know, is it post-pandemic? Now that we're in this stage with the pandemic, I feel safe to travel again. Right at the end of 2019, I was making plans for my annual big adventure. This is where I get on a plane and I go somewhere else. Um, a lot of my little retreats are pretty local. They're within a day's drive of me and I'll, I'll go stay at the beach for a week or go stay in a cabin for a week and I'll try to get some writing done, but mostly I just rest and stare at the ocean and eat good food like you do on vacation. But once a year prior to pandemic, I was going on what I would call my big adventures. And I was planning an adventure to Malta for February of 2020. I had a hotel picked out. I knew what the flights were. And I was at that point of planning where really all I had to do was make the purchases. But I kept getting this sense in my body of it's not time yet. And so I thought, okay, I'll, I'll wait a few more days before I make these purchases. What I received in those days was this is not the time to make a trip to Malta. It was early January and it was really too late for me to begin the process of trying to plan a big adventure somewhere else. So instead of leaving the States, I flew down to Florida and spent some time in St. Augustine visiting with friends. And while I was down there was when the news broke about the coronavirus. By the time I got home from St. Augustine, the airports were empty. Everyone was terrified. People had gone into lockdown. I don't think that the government had yet encouraged us to go into lockdown, but people who could were. The news about Malta was that they had closed their borders. Nobody in, nobody out. And that news just sort of struck me. I remember just sitting down and being so grateful for my internal knowing, my oracular capabilities. That information, that information just comes to me unbidden. And that over my lifetime, I've learned to listen to that intuition, to not be like, ah, ha, ha, I don't know what that's about. I have this time off. I have everything ready to go. I'm just going to buy the trip and I'm just going to go. I listened to that message. Now is not the time for Malta. 
But now, now is the time for Malta. I want to tell you why I'm going. It has to do with a dear old friend of mine. 30 years ago, took a trip to Malta. I was a baby in the neo-pagan women's spirituality goddess communities. She was kind of a big deal. She was local to me, but she ran an international newsletter. And she was going to Malta to the ancient goddess temples on the island of Malta, which is about, uh, which is really halfway between the tip of Italy and Tunisia in Africa. It's this teeny tiny little island out in the middle of the, the Mediterranean between the European continent and the African continent. And here are Neolithic, Paleolithic temples. Here are where some of the oldest goddess figurines have been found. These temples are still, for the most part, intact. My friend wound up moving to Malta, and before she left, she had me make her a recording on a cassette tape, this is how long ago it was, of my singing chants to the Great Mother. And I just made it for her as a gift. And she told me later that she would take that recording of my voice into the goddess temples, into the oracular chamber that's at the Hypogeum on Goza in Malta. And she would play my voice, singing praise songs, chants, and devotions to the Great Mother. I've known since then that I had to go because my voice had been there. Because part of me had been in those temples singing praises to the mother for years and that I needed to bring my physical body there to see those temples and to sing my songs in person in my body and to visit that oracle chamber where my voice had been singing and echoing for years. So that's what I'm doing. It's a pilgrimage. It's a devotional pilgrimage. It feels like a promise being fulfilled. It feels like a have to for my continued spiritual and oracular development. After Malta, I am heading to the Greek island. I'll be on Santorini briefly. It's a, it's a beautiful island but there aren't really temples there, and this trip appears to be about visiting ancient temples. So I'll be staying on Naxos, visiting Delos, Mykonos, Milos, and the temples there to Apollo and Artemis, whose birthplace is said to be Delos. Hera's temple is also there. I'll also be visiting the temple of Poseidon on Naxos and the temple of Dionysus on Naxos. Then I'm going to Athens. While there, I'll definitely visit the Parthenon, which was Athena's temple, and head north to Apollo's temple at Delphi and visit the oracle at Delphi. So what people don't know is that the oracle at Delphi is at the Apollonian temple at Delphi. The oracle was Apollo's oracle. I had the opportunity pre-pandemic to visit Apollo's temple in Paestum, Italy. And, uh, I, and, I, and I get to go again, this time where his oracle 
Pythos was. Then there's also a side trip to uh, Poseidon in Soyunion, Greece. It occurred to me that, you know, not everybody can or will make a trip to the goddess temples in Malta. Many of you may have never even heard of Malta or the temples there. They are older, they say, than the Egyptian pyramids. They are older, they say, than Stonehenge. And those temples on Malta, some of them are aligned with the solstices or equinoxes, and some have like viewing windows to phases of the moon. And then, of course, all of the Greek gods and goddesses. The reason that I want to go to the oracle chamber in Malta and the oracle at Delphi is not so much as a tourist, but as a priestess. This is why I'm visiting all of these places, is as a priestess. And as someone who has oracular talents, tendencies, proclivities, who can speak the future. So I'm going there to see what the oracles have to say to me, what they might offer me in ways of teaching and blessing. And a really exciting thing is I also want to bring your queries for the oracles to these temples. So there's a way for you to sign up to do that on my website. If you go to thecroneherself.com and you click on shop, um, I don't have my Shopify link memorized yet. So if you click on the shop and then you click on priestessing, you're going to see these offerings listed there. I will bring your query to either the oracle at Delphi in Greece or the ancient oracular chamber of the goddess on Malta. You can sign up for both, but you'll have to provide me with your query. And then the other thing I want to do, because not everybody can go do this, and so many of my listeners I know are deeply invested in their relationships with these deities that I'm going to be in connection with at their ancient temples. So you can also go to my website and you can... <clears throat> so the other thing I wanted to offer was for me to bring your petitions, your devotions, your requests, your prayers, your magic, whatever it is that you want me to bring so that you receive the blessing of my journey, my pilgrimage there, you can sign up to have me do that as well. And that is for uh, my trip to Malta and also my trip to Greece. There's a little form that you fill out if you want to write your petition, but there's a simpler way to do it. And that to trust me as a priestess to write a generic enough but specific enough petition for you for blessings on your life so that your life is right, so that your health is good, so that your wealth is abundant, so that your heart is full. If you'd like me to do that for you, you can go to that Shopify page, Priestessing, and sign up there. You can sign up for as many of these as you want. I offer the simple petition where I write it for you, a personalized petition where you write yours yourself, or a petition with offerings that I will ritually prepare to leave at the temple site 
in your name, in your honor. Somehow I have managed to make this adventure into a pilgrimage where I have priestessing work to do, but it is the work of my heart, it's the work of my soul, it's the work of my spirit, it's the work of, of this God, of these gods. But my big adventure is also about rest. It's about drinking in beauty. It's about hearing new language. It's about seeing new sights. It's about swimming in new oceans that I've never seen before. It's about walking on beaches and watching sunsets and sunrises and hearing different music. It's about sleeping late and going to bed early. This is a big fill your container adventure. This goddesses, temples, and oracles tour is a way for me to refill my intellect, my instinct, my intuition, my magic, my priestessness, my oracular capacities. And it's also time for enjoyment, for rest, for being in strange lands and listening to, to foreign languages and being blessed. This is a trip that probably should have taken place a month ago to avoid the burnout that I faced this week. And so now we come all the way full circle back to how do you fill your well? Taking an overseas trip for many weeks, visiting dozens of temples and oracles and doing all kinds of priestess work while I'm there, that may not be available to everyone, and it wasn't always available to me, believe me. It was during some of the hardest, most difficult, most trying times of my life when my children were very, very small and uh, my marriage had exploded phenomenally, and I was suddenly raising these two little babies all by myself with no physical or financial support. And it became obvious to me quite quickly that if I didn't take care of myself, that I would not be able, I would not be capable of taking care of my children the way that they needed to be taken care of, the way that they deserved to be taken care of, and the way that I wanted more than anything to be able to take care of them. So for the first little bit, my replenishment rituals looked like going to bed right after the kids went to bed and getting up well before they got up in the morning so that I could have coffee and do my spiritual practice and write my morning pages. It extended to sometimes after the kids went to bed, taking really long baths. I know everyone today is like, self-care isn't about baths or pedicures. Well, if baths and pedicures are what you have, that's self-care. Don't let anyone tell you that a bath isn't self-care. Of course it is. But so is meditation. So is a daily spiritual practice. So is understanding what is the luxury that you're not willing to give up, no matter what. For a friend of mine, it was really good shampoo while she was going through cancer treatments and unable to work, and so living in poverty. For me, it was really good coffee, coffee that my budget said I couldn't afford, but I was willing to cut corners in other places 
what are the small and big things that you can do to replenish your energy on a regular basis so that your workers don't quit, so that you don't look at your list of things to do and be like, screw it, I'm not doing any of that. I can't do any of that. <laughs> How do we refill ourselves? How do you refill? Can you make a commitment? And I will recommit to making sure that my well is more than full enough to satisfy my own well-being. And after that, everyone else's that I tend to care for and priestess to. One more thing I wanted to talk to you about while we are kind of sort of still on the subject of oracles and my role as an oracle. I get a lot of questions about what's the difference between the oracle reading that you offer and say a tarot card reading or an oracle card reading. And the difference is, is that I may have cards at hand, along with runes, along with shells, and some other divinatory systems. I may have those on hand, but really what I need is a five-minute conversation with you about what your query is and where you're stuck, and then I read you. Then I read you. A good card reader, a good rune reader, a good diviner should be reading you through the cards. The cards are the mechanism through which they read you. I just read you. That's the difference between getting a card reading and getting an oracle reading, consulting an oracle. Oracle readings are available on my website. You can sign up. You'll be taken directly to my calendar where you can schedule a time. And another place that they come up in the crone herself is group oracles that are done for members of the conspiracy. Those might happen spontaneously, like I'm doing other kinds of priestess work, and I suddenly get a download, and I have to run to my computer and dictate what's what I'm getting for the group. It's a group message. Or it's a ritual that I can schedule to ask specific questions for the group to deliver information. The conspiracy is the membership. I call it the conspiracy because I was looking for a fun, tongue-in-cheek, kind of snarky, kind of dangerous name for this membership that I wanted to start. And I was looking at things like a murder of crows, a gaggle of geese, a herd of elephants, and I came up with a conspiracy of crones. It's the healthiest, most wholesome conspiracy you'll ever join, I promise you. <laughs> you know, if we're looking to overthrow anything, it's our own internalized oppression. But to conspire comes from the word con, which means with, and spire, which means breathe. So we can also think of the conspiracy as breathing big crone energy together. Right now, 
Membership in the conspiracy is $99 for the year. As of May 1st, it goes up to $245 per year. It has a private membership area on the website. There are special member-only rituals, gatherings, discussions. Members of the conspiracy also have sneak previews and special discounts in the Crohn's Marketplace. Oh, Crohn's Marketplace is open now. We have some t-shirts and tote bags and sneakers. We have candles coming from Spill the Tesis Apothecary, hand-poured soy wax, gorgeous, oh my God, gorgeous candles. Alta Kunste in Germany, which is a plant-dyed, hand-dyed, natural fiber yarn created by Alta Kunste, which is run by Margie Hoffman, who is a dear friend and old student of mine. That will be coming soon. Magical and perfume oils from Alchemia Perfumes, really dear friend of mine who is local to me, who is going to make a blend especially for the crone herself so keep coming back to the crone's marketplace as well to see what's there for you uh, but i do hope that you'll join the conspiracy in the meantime and i would be thrilled i would be so honored and humbled to carry your petition your prayer your request to the temples in malta and Greece, or to carry your query for the oracle to the oracle chamber in Malta or the oracle at Delphi in Greece. Meanwhile, we're all going to practice replenishing ourselves, reinvigorating our energetic supplies, refilling, refreshing, recalibrating. This is Mercury retrograde, retrograde. So anything that begins with an RE is appropriate to be doing during a retrograde. So review, recalibrate, refill, renegotiate, renew, recognize how you're spending your energy, when it gets depleted, and what you do to refill. That's your assignment from the crone herself. Thanks for spending time with me. Take very good care.